Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the RIP to our podcast. I am your tour guide, Gary. And today, like always, we have a pretty cool show, and we are continuing our Halloween Horror Night history episode. And we are all the way up to Halloween Horror Nights 5. And like always, I couldn't do this by myself. So let's uh, let's say hello to the other tour guides. Ash, how are you doing? I am doing good, Gary. Feels good to be back. It feels like we're really in the thick of things now. I think we've had a, we've got a lot of shows coming, but a lot of recent shows coming out. So happy to be back here. Yep, we're, uh, we're we're coming up to now. You know, announcement season. It's at the minute we're we're in the middle of speculation season, and uh, very exciting. So, uh, Luke, are you there? I am here. Hello. How how's the chips? Oh, the chips are great. Would you like to hear them? <laughs> no, but like you were saying, I'm excited. It's it's the last day of Mardi Gras too, so oh yeah, there's no really big events after this until Horror Nights. Yeah, so to get Mardi Gras out the way and get the the Horror Nights rolling. Oh yeah, and last but certainly not least, Tim. Hello. Morning. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like. It's- 10 to 4 in the afternoon here, so uh, a little bit late. Well, but... st- yeah, well, we're still in the morning here, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But hello. How, how are you doing? I'm good. You know, knees recovered. I'm just waiting. Uh, I get my sutures out this week so uh, I can get back into the thick of things. Awesome. We've just, uh, we, can, we can calm down a little bit now. We've just had a little, uh, a little 10 minute panic while trying to buy Unmasking <laughs> the Horror tickets. Um, it's very hard to buy six Unmasking the Horror tickets when people are in different countries and different states. And also Universal's app is not good. <laughs> so a big shout out to Jason. I know he'll be listening. Thank you for uh, taking care of everything and getting it all booked for us. So uh, yeah, excited. It's the first time I'll have done Unmasking the Horror tour. Ash, you've probably done it every year since you were born. Is that right? <laughs> this, will, this will be number four. This this is actually this is only the the first back to back years I've ever done it. I've done twenty one, twenty five, and then thirty. Oh, that's cool. And I believe Tim, it's your first time as well. It is. I'm excited. I mean, I was I wanted to wait until we heard the houses, but you know, you guys were like, you know what? Let's just do it anyway. I'm like, you're yeah. right. Let's just do it. And Luke, you're a, you're a little bit on the fence about joining. Yeah, right now. So I don't know. I think I'm going to have the day off. I don't know. Better to, better we'll to save my money than, I guess, have to work it if I can't go. I don't know. This is but true. Hopefully we'll you can see. make it and there's some spaces left. Yeah. Either be way, cool I know we... I'll, I'll have uh, the 28th and 29th off. I better. I better have those off. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. So anyway, guys, we are going to be talking another um, Horror Nights history episode. Are you excited? Oh, yeah. Very excited. Yes. Yes, sir. I'm ready for that jet lag with that phone booth. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. Hey, well, at least my knee won't hurt this time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, before we get into the thick of it, um, luckily for us, it's only Tim that is going back in time today. Yeah, why, so, do uh, I keep, why do I keep getting shoved in this telephone booth? You guys are never joining me. What's going on? Because you've lost all this weight now. You're the, you're the skinniest and lightest. It's the cheapest yeah. on fuel. Oh, gotta put that right. knee to the test. Fine. Yeah, feels yeah. expensive. Feels expensive yeah. right now, you know. I, I know. I know. <laughs> so uh, we've got we've got to get the miles on, uh, keep, like the miles of the gallon on the old uh, phone booth. So we thought you were the best one yeah. to go, bro. 
Hey, don't worry, Tim. I you're building us points. I hope I get those, uh, f- those. Yeah, I was going to say those frequent flyer miles. You know. <laughs> right, yes. Tim. Hop in the phone booth. Get it powered up, and uh, we'll see you let's on the go. other side. All right, let's go. Halloween Horror Nights 5 was the fifth annual Halloween Horror Nights event held at Universal Studios Florida. Although the term icon would be used more prominently in the future, Halloween Horror Nights 5 was the first event to use a standalone icon to headline the event. Crypt Keeper from HBO's popular anthology series Tales from the Crypt was used to promote, market, and advertise the event. The event featured three haunted houses, two scare zones, three shows, and ran for a then-record 12 nights which included seven consecutive days. A much bigger commitment to advertising, the event was evident as the all-new commercial featured the Crypt Keeper announcing that he would be the master of ceremonies at Universal Studios' all-new Halloween Horror Nights with new haunted houses to die for, play a starring role in a killer show, and lots more. The event guide and advertising stands featured the Crypt Keeper's face above what appears to be the Bates Motel, although it wasn't featured at this event. A dark blue stormy sky can be seen behind the Crypt Keeper and a full moon can be seen. Halloween Horror Nights 5 would run over 12 nights and started on the spookiest day of the year, Friday the 13th. The dates were October 13th through 14th, 19th through 21st, and 25th through 31st. This would now become the most nights featured at the event to date, and the event would run for seven consecutive days up until Halloween night. The event ran from 7 p.m. to 12 a.m. on each night. Single admission to the event was $37 plus tax, and Florida residents managed to save $5 off the single admission price. Residents could also take advantage of an early bird purchase of $27 plus tax and $22 plus tax with a Pepsi label. Universal adopted a stay-in scream where day guests could upgrade their day tickets to get added horror for a special price. These were priced at $15.95 plus tax for Saturdays and $10.95 plus tax for all other days. As stated, the event played host to three haunted houses. The first ever icon house, the Crypt Keeper's Dungeon of Terror, Terror Underground, Transit to Torment, and Universal's House of Horrors, the first ever house to feature Universal Classic Monsters. The amount of scare zones were doubled to two with the return of Horrorwood and the inception of all-famous Midway of the Bazaar. Four shows would round off the event, including the return of Bill and Ted's excellent Halloween Adventure and the Crypt Keeper's very own Lagoon Show. The very first icon house was titled Crypt Keeper's Dungeon of Terror, with a new twist on the returning house. Universal decided that Icon needed its own house and titled it the Dungeon of Terror, although for the most part it was very different to previous renditions. The house was located in the Earthquake queue, and the event brochure described the house as, in a maze with no escape, guests are posed to become the next victims. Next up, located in Nazarman's, was Terror Underground, Transit to Torment. The brochure synopsis stated, Underground dwellers are waiting for you as the subway screams to life. This house was given the same name as the overlay of the Earthquake attraction from HHN2. Once again, this house was accessed via Sting Alley across from Confrontation. Guests would enter an abandoned, decaying subway into the heart of New York. Come face-to-face with some of the most famous horror film legends, if you dare. This final house was a long time coming for Universal fans, which was Universal's House of Horror, located in Soundstage 22. Universal was able to showcase its catalog of monsters and even use some props from the original movies. Like the Boneyard the year before, this house also had a dual path. The Return of Horrorwood was once again located in the Hollywood section of the park. The brochure read, as you enter the gates and journey down Horrorwood Boulevard, hundreds of our most wicked scare actors will be ready to welcome you to Halloween Horror Nights 5. The second scare zone to feature at this event was Midway of the Bazaar and was located in the Amity section of the park. 
The Scare Zone would feature many different clowns and carnival freaks on their own island. The first of the four shows was a return of the Price's Fright to the Animal Actors stage, a ghoulish game show hosted by Beetlejuice and was largely the same as the previous year. Again, prizes could be won on the win-lose-or-draw-blood Wheel of Misfortune. Secondly was a rock and roll review titled Rock of Ages in front of the Metropolis Tribune building in the New York area. This was a cut-and-dry rock and roll party featuring songs from the 60s to the late 80s. Scare actors would also join the partygoers and dance to the music in the street. The ever-popular Bill and Ted's Excellent Halloween Adventure 4 was located in the Wild West stage. The event brochure read, Check it out. The boys are back with a host of infamous characters. The action is bigger and better than ever. The final show would feature the Crypt Keeper in a Lagoon show. Universal had utilized the license to full effect as he was used as the icon, headlined a haunted house, and was the driving force behind the Lagoon show. The show was called Crypt Keeper's Revenge, The Knights of Hell. The Crypt Keeper would introduce the show like he did in the Tales from the Crypts episodes. Universal, for the first time, had used an icon to tie the event together. This move proved to be successful among guests and creative alike. Although we wouldn't see another icon for a while, Universal knew they could use a marquee figure or icon to base the event around. Rides and attractions that were open that year. Confrontation in New York. Hitchcock's 3D Theater in Production Central. The Fantastic World of Hanna-Barbera in Production Central. E.T. Adventure in World Expo. Earthquake the Big One in San Francisco. Beetlejuice's Rock and Roll Graveyard Review in San Francisco. Jaws and Amity and Back to the Future The Ride in World Expo. All right, Tim, you're back. Woo! Wow, that was like some kind of crash landing there or something. I don't know, that was bad, but... <laughs> I was, uh, good. How was 1995? Uh, it was great, it was fantastic. I'm excited to talk to, to you guys about it, so... You didn't, you didn't run an EF4 myself, did you? No, you know that's a bad thing, I can't do that. You know, kind of <laughs> just checking. like the, the whole time thing, you know, history, that kind of thing. Just checking, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. So, Ash, you are the, uh, the historian of the show and you, you, are the, you are the guy who puts all of this together. So why don't you kick us off with Halloween Horror Nights 5? Yeah, I put this together, but don't forget Tim came back from the, uh, from the past and told me everything about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. What, 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 yeah. So what's always... I guess fun to see is in terms of ticket prices and the day, just because we're only on Halloween Horror Nights 5 right now, but it's always pretty cool to see how much it's changed even from year to year, even from Friday nights in the beginning. So Tim, I'm going to bring you on in here. Yes, right sir. Now. So do you have five? Year, in, Halloween- do, you ha- do you have five in front of you or do you have four? I have four. I have five. I have five. Okay, so- We'll talk about five. You talk about five. I'll talk about four. Then, then cool, we'll go with cool. Yeah, it's always it's always nice to just to kind of um, yep put it against the, the prior year. So single admission thirty seven dollars. What was it in ninety four? Man, what an increase! It was thirty six dollars the year before. Oh. It was a dollar increase. Wow. Man. One whole dollar. Can you imagine doing anything right now horror nights related for thirty seven dollars? No, that would be probably get some pizza amazing. fries. <laughs> I was going to say, if there's, if, there's maybe t- if there's maybe two or three of you, I think $37 is probably your first round. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, probably. Yep. <laughs> it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. But yeah, and this, and this year as well, uh, we also had, obviously, money off of residents. We had $27 uh, plus tax, $22 plus tax with a Pepsi label, and the Stay and Scream we have adopted this year as well, where if you had an, um, a daytime admission, 
Um, you could add on the Horror Nights as well for fifteen ninety five on Saturdays, and then ten ninety five uh, for all other days as well. Ooh, some um, big, some bigger increases from the previous year. <laughs> yeah, if you get what we got. So um, it was thirty one for a Florida resident. Mm-hmm. Then we had um, Florida resident twenty. Oh, purchased in advance um, twenty six. Yep. And then with the Pepsi, it was twenty one. And then the upgrade that you were talking about was seventeen ninety five. Oh wow! Okay, so it looks like yeah. the upgrade's a little bit cheaper this year, even Correct. for Saturdays. But okay, everything else, cool. everything else looks like it was a big, kind of a bigger difference. Yeah. So I mean, that's always it's always fun to see. Because I mean, it, right now we're only talking about a couple of dollars, you know, here and there. You know, I think three or four dollars you just mentioned there was the most um, of there. But no, it's pretty cool. So what I, what I want to talk about as well is the theming of the event as well. So everybody in here has seen Tales from the Crypt, right? No. <laughs> I'm so bad. I have not. Yeah, I'm, I'm lacking on that too. Come on, guys. Tim. <laughs> I have, yes. I've seen clips. Okay. But not full on. Oh, He's man. Did, did, so, so the, the, I mean, the Crypt Keeper obviously is, you know, the icon, if you will, for... Tales from the Crypt. He introduces the show and he closes the show as well. And Tim, obviously, you know this. The the episode always has like a meaning, right? It's always a story with a meaning um, at the end of it. But um, there is something I want to ask all you guys at the end. So keep this in mind now. I'm just going to ask you whether you think, because this polarizes the community, and I spoke to you, Tim, already. And I'm going to ask you at the end whether you think the Crypt Keeper is an icon. Like yes or no. So don't answer now. Let's go for everything first, and then I'll I'll kind of bring that back up uh, at the end as well. I can't. Wait to hear terms- every- I can't wait to hear everybody's <laughs> answers on that. <laughs> I know your I know your answer, so don't bring it up right now. Yeah, but now, I but, but yes. I have a really I have a really good reasoning for it though. Okay, okay. You can try and convince me. You're probably not, but you can try. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna so, sway you to my side. Yeah. So in terms of the brochure as well, I always want to talk about marketing things like that. So the Crypt Keeper was on the event brochure. Uh, we do have his face over the Bates Motel, which is which is on property. It wasn't used at the event at all this year um, at all. And then it also had a commercial, which I think we're going to squeeze in right about now. Hello, kiddies. Crypt Keeper here, master of ceremonies at Universal Studios, all new Halloween Horror Nights with new haunted houses to die for. You'll make some new themes play a scarring role in a killer show, and rocks more. Don't miss the last two weekends of terror. Florida residents save. Advanced tickets just $22 at Ticketmaster with a two-liter Pepsi label. Party with me at Universal's Halloween Horror Nights. You'll dig it. <laughs> All right, so that is the commercial there for the Crypt Keeper. That is why I'm leaning towards him being an icon. He's literally on everything. Uh, this year and what i love about that commercial so much as well is the master of ceremonies that always uh springs out to me uh as well but yeah what we're going to do as well um tim already went back in time and touched on what was there the scare zones the shows the mazes so we're going to go in a little bit more depth about these and then talk about them uh just one by one now luke do you want to take away the scare zones that were there that year yeah i gotcha so the scare zones we had horrorwood and midway of the bazaar um, so Horrorwood, it was a scare zone from the prior year that was such such a success. I can really talk this morning that they brought it back <laughs> with little differences. Um, they had the the chainsaw 
drill team, um, and then a lot of their usual mutants and freaks. Um, I'm looking at the map. This was. Uh, can you guys see where this is? The map is like super blurry for me. Yeah, so this should be on Hollywood Boulevard. Okay, that's what I assumed. I just couldn't see that red skull. I was like, I don't know. Yeah, and I think they just yeah, I think that it's just kind of like organized chaos. They just have you know pretty much all these different mutants, freaks, chainsaw drill team. Everybody just kind of roaming uh, yeah. around there. It's been pretty cool. Yeah, and then we also had Midway of the Bazaar, which sounds really interesting. Um, a voodoo lord tries to raise the dead to join the party as the zone was labeled as a Halloween Day of the Dead style event. Um, they had street performers, UV skeletons with a plethora of sounds sights and smells that gave it the ultimate party atmosphere fear oh my god what is going on with me the additional scare zone provided <laughs> to be a huge hit with guests and return for many years afterward which um hasn't shown up kind of recently like within the past 10 years they had like yeah, so a day had of voodoo, the dead voodoo scare like zone. scare zones yeah. yeah we've had like day of the dead stuff as well but i mean this this just I mean, this was in amity too so this is really really cool i think mm-hmm. when they do that voodoo style it always works as well. Um, yeah. So in the UV let, me, let me ask you guys. I mean, yeah. I mean, out, out of those two, um, I know Tim, you went back in time. You're the lucky one. But Luke, if you had to go back in time, which one of those are you going to? If you only had one choice. I think I would go to that midway of the bazaar. Yeah. If, I don't yeah. know. But Horrorwood, you know, maybe it's got like a bunch of IPs we've never seen that have been at the event before. But midway of the bazaar just sounds fun with that ultimate party atmosphere. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, having a drink in you, that Gary? zone. <laughs> I'm definitely going for midway of the bazaar. Um, I love all that sort of New Orleans voodoo kind stuff, um, and I just think it would be really, really cool. Yeah, Tim, where are you going? Absolutely, you to go back again. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm on board with midway of the bazaar. I like. I honestly wish they would bring some of this kind of stuff back, like today. I just think it'd be so cool to have some of these like street performers just like, you know, posted up all around the park. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to just be one area. I think it would just be cool in some of the areas where you're just walking through and there's really nothing going on. Just have like small stages and stuff. Yeah, no, I agree as well. And I think that is their ethos to actually all the way back to Fright Nights with Julie. Their goal was to create that ultimate party, party atmosphere, if you will. So I think that zone in particular just nails it, if that makes sense. So what we're going to do now is flip over to the shows. So same as last year, we have The Price is Fright, uh, which was Beetlejuice. Um, it's like, obviously it's a pun. It's a play on words. It's The Price is Right. So we'd have, um, all, from all accounts, they were not plants. They were actual guests who would come up on stage and maybe had to do, I guess, Fear Factor-ish tasks. You know, um, mm. as part of the game show, sure, this this spun like a wheel, things like that. There is what kills me is this just sounds a lot of fun, uh, and there is no good videos of this anywhere. Um, so yeah, so if you're listening to this and you've got this on like recorded video back from 1995 and it's stood the test of time, maybe just upload it digitally. That'd be great. Yeah, <laughs> that will be uh. Right, and then we also had the Rock of Ages show. That's going to be in the New York area. This was outside the um, the Tribune uh, on a stage outside. Now this is this is kind of a staple now every year, and it will be for a couple 
more years, we have that kind of rock show. Can you remember, was it last year or the year before they had that, the Wolfman Jack? And we all, we had the, they brought in, you know, artists and. Oh, yeah. yeah. Was that in Mel's? Right. Correct. So this has been, you know, this has been like a staple now for a couple of years. They just kind of leaning on, or leaning in, sorry, to that real rock and roll area. This was primarily from the 60s late 80s and also scare actors would also kind of join the party as well dance into the music um but yeah this was called uh, rock of ages there um now crypt keeper so we're going to talk about this we he is he's on the merchandise he's on the brochure he has his own commercial what he also has is his own show okay so we had a lagoon show this year which was called the crypt keeper's revenge the knights of hell uh, which featured pyrotechnics, laser show, and it had a giant water screen on the lagoon, which showed a compilation of like famous horror scenes. And then the actual finale had a skeleton rising out of the lagoon uh, and talking to the audience. And he also gave the Crypt Keeper also gives like a message to a story as well, uh, and he gives you kind of like wisdom, or he gives you kind of like a, a meaning to the story as well, which was which is pretty cool as well because. We haven't used the lagoon a lot recently. I mean, just in like the last 10 years, we've used it, what, for Marathon of Mayhem, that's it? Anybody yeah. else think of anything else we've used it for? Other than like the daytime shows that they would do, but I can't think of anything with Horror Night. Yeah, no, I can't think of anything else. I know they did one for the Sweet 16 and they did one for the director. Um, but yeah, very, very cool. And finally, the fourth annual Bill and Ted's Excellent Halloween Adventure. Um, Unfortunately, just because it's so old, the whole story isn't available uh, through any kind of typical media. Um, but s- some sources have identified certain pop culture icons who were featured this year, which was um, Kevin Costner from Waterworld. We had Pulp Fiction, uh, John Travolta, Samuel L. Jackson. And then there was your usual Arnie, Sylvester Stallone, Riddler, Batman. I don't know if uh, Batman Returns may have released that year, possibly. Um, and then Bruce Willis. Uh, as well once we get moving here bill and ted is going to be a lot more um a lot more information just the early years there's not really anything just more eyewitness accounts that's all but flipping over to you guys we've got the price is fright rock of ages crypt keepers revenge bill and ted's where, where are we going uh, gary where are we going if we had one choice so if we had one choice um it's a hard one. I would probably go with the Crypt Keeper just because the whole theme of this year is is made around him. As much as I absolutely love Bill and Ted, we know that it was around for many more years. Uh, but however, I'm going to flip this as a, as a reverse question back to you guys. Would you be happy to sacrifice, for example, one or two scare zones to get more of that party atmosphere back? You know, so oh. like a Beetlejuice style show again in the Animal Actors stage, a live band playing at Mel's Dying. Would you rather have less scare zones and more of a party, party atmosphere? Hmm. I, what, what I would, mean, personally, what would you say, yes. Luke? I would say yep. yes. I would love to have a little band just kind of there throughout the night, but also kind of mixed in with the scare zone, kind of like how Ash was talking with Rock of Ages, how they would get on stage and just kind of hang out with the band. That sounds very fun to me yeah so i, I would the, the definitely maybe years, the one one or two scare zones yeah because the early years it was advertised as you know the best halloween party 
Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's moved miles away from that now. So I think it would be cool to, you know, sacrifice at least one scare zone to bring that sort of Halloween street party vibe back to life. Yeah, that'd be a ton of fun. What do you think, Tim? All right, so I'm going to answer Ash's question first, and then I'll get yours. So I'm okay. kind of with you. Um, we know Bill and Ted's is going to be there for quite some time. So I'm also going to pick the Crypt Keeper's Revenge. This is kind of like a precursor to Marathon of Mayhem, right? Kind of, you know, a little yeah. different, yeah. Uh, which is cool. Um, and I am definitely in on cutting one or two scare zones to have a party atmosphere with, you know, side, little sideshow stages, bands, just to have that party atmosphere, because I think that would be awesome. I think it would be awesome. Definitely in somewhere in like New York where they could make it like a big block party theme. You know, have oh, bands, yeah. Halloween decorations up, um, you know, a couple of food stalls, a couple of little sideshows. I just think that would be awesome. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm on the exact same page uh, as well. That in terms of shows, if I'm going back there, I'm going to Crypt Keeper's Revenge, same as, same as you guys. Um, I'm just thinking at that time as well, just thinking 1995, um, how popular that would have been um, back then as well. I think HBO was cable, right? We're still his cable, right? So you don't have to have cable to, to watch HBO. Correct. That is 95, correct. I would assume. Yes, which I wasn't, so. yeah, I guess it wasn't that. Uh, probably not everybody had cable back then as well. I mean, and it's not that long ago, but not not everybody had cable, but it would have still been pretty popular. And like, I think you said, Tim, or Gary said, Bill and Ted is, we, we know it's coming back for another like 20 years or so. So yeah, I'm definitely taking <laughs> yeah. the, the uh, Crypt Keeper's Revenge just because it's it's unique. Um, now to answer your question as well, Gary, I would love to see something like that, like turning it into a party atmosphere. Uh, and then to kind of piggyback on what Tim said as well, if they have like all these stages everywhere of people doing, you know, kind of like the midway of the bazaar or just kind of like sideshows and things and music everywhere and scare acts just dancing with, um, you know, the guests just have pop-up bars everywhere as well. And I think if there's ever, ever a year to kind of revert back to that as well, it might be this year, HHN 31, because if they are leaning on that traditional Halloween vibe, as well um it might be a good idea to make it a real real halloween party if that makes sense definitely yeah did you what about you luke did i did i ask you to do this one? Oh yeah show? no i was actually leaning towards the prices fright because yeah. this i mean beetlejuice as a host and then a, kind of an interactive show those are always so fun to watch very comedic but, yeah. i mean the, the water like enigma yeah. too yeah yeah and i feel yeah i feel like they they would never do anything like that ever again especially with yeah. COVID stuff. Cause I've heard there's a lot of plants in the audiences now. So. But. Yeah. And I think what they've, they've, they probably could have got away with so much stuff back then as well. Like, oh, a hundred percent. Some of the, some of the jokes they would have told and some of the yeah. things they would have done to guests, you know? Oh so. yeah. <laughs> I also love, I just want to mention this uh, on the map that we're looking at the little crypt keeper in the bottom left being like, Hey, oh, yeah, he my show has times. Little, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to talk about this, Tim. Don't worry. We're going to talk about him at the end. Uh, I know. I know. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah. So, um, shows. Four shows, two scare zones done. It's a pretty... Oh, actually, as well, just before we go into the mazes, uh, and I want to I want to get your, I guess, not opinion, or maybe the reason why. So, we've gone from one house, uh, one maze, to two maze. 
to three maze. HHN four, we had the four mazes for the first time ever. Now we've gone back to three mazes for HHN five. Now, I have a couple of theories as to why they reverted back to three mazes as opposed to four. Anybody but, have any? Do you well, think it was just? What do you think? I, I well, I want to throw something in there because one of the mazes yeah. has two separate routes again. So. Oh yeah. Well, then in that case, then. Right. It, so. the, what was it? What, was it the boneyard the, last year that had two, two? Um, Correct. Routes as well. But um, so yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. So uh, two two routes. You are correct. So yeah, I, I guess four because I guess you do have to line back up if you will and go for the other one. So that that kind of makes sense. I was always thinking, did they get to four mazes in nineteen ninety four and think, well, actually, this is a lot to kind of turn over from the daytime operations to you know uh, horror nights oh, yeah. at night. But but I mean, the mazes. Just, it's, it's the scare zones usually though, which come out. It's not really the the houses don't really get touched though. That's what I'm kind of thinking of. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah. So maybe cool. budget, so what we do know. then. Yeah. I mean it's it's just like I get it's all speculation. It's it's yeah. a little bit strange they went to four houses back down to three, but like Tim said, yeah. one of them has a has a specific route as well. So yeah, do you want to take away we'll start with the uh mazes loop? Yeah, so we have like Ash was saying we got three mazes. We have the we'll start with the Crypt Keeper's Dungeon of Terror. The the quote-unquote icon house this year <laughs> um, so it was the crypt keeper's mansion which had a very gothic feel from what people have noted through um you would hear music from tales of the crypt throughout the entire maze um so in the first scene you could see the crypt keeper above guests um you would walk underneath him then you would walk through a room with trophy faces uh, a lot of scare actors just staring at you, scaring you just on either sides. Um, a cool cemetery. I'm sure this is all gothic too. So a nice, a nice gothic and uh, cemetery and library was like in the entire aesthetic from what people were saying. Um, and then towards the end, we made, we got a return from the rat lady, just in older clothing. And a lot of reports were saying that she was in the floor again, but it's not actually verified. So wasn't that in... Dungeon of Terror the first year that they had her in the floor. Yeah. Right. They've yeah. her out a couple of times since then. So, as well, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. So nice little throwback to that. And then uh, the final room, you got to see the Crypt Keeper again in a coffin as you just shout out, get, shouted at guests leaving the maze. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so this was the one that was reported to have two separate routes in this house. I don't know if you, uh, Ash, do you know, like if the other route was different or so I think for this one specifically, you you ended up. I think it was like a bookcase where you could go left or right around it, but you ended up in the same line again. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So, so it was just the, like... yeah, yeah. It was the same exact maze, but you could go left or right around a certain oh. like, obstacle, if you will. Oh, fun. Um, but yeah, just before we go on the other, I mean, I this just sounds amazing to me. I mean, the Dungeon of Terror is kind of like a callback to the original, but they've added the um, the quote unquote icon on top of this as well. Just a gothic feel yeah. going to the cemetery, the old library, and having the Crypt Keeper at the start of the maze and at the end of the maze as well, like an episode would typically have. Uh, is oh, just, yeah. oh, I would have absolutely loved this. What do you guys think about this one? I, I like I like it. I mean, I love that they've kept the Dungeon of Terror and just kept adding to it and changing it. Um, you know, I, I I would love to see an original that came to Horror Nights, you know, every other year or something where they just 
continued with the storyline and changed it. Um, so yeah, I, I'd be all up for this one as usual. What are you thinking, Tim? Uh, I'm in the same boat here. I would love to see this, you know, Dungeon of Terror at some point return to HHN. I love that they did keep adding to this, and I love that the Crypt Keeper was like the star of this house for this year. Watching Tales from the Crypt back in the day, you know, I love that show. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, it's so, so good. I mean, yeah, I think it's just everybody's on the same boat when we said it's, it's just so good how they've kept the original Dungeon of mm-hmm. Terror and just added to it, listed, like I said, we'll, we'll talk about whether it's an icon or not, but kind of adding him to that specific maze as well. And hopefully they do bring that back because if they do bring the Dungeon of Terror back, um, you know, akin to what it was like back in the day as well, that could be a, be a big one for guests, especially people who've been going for a long time as well to have that come full circle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and just to see what cool. they keep, what rumors you've heard that were actually true in the house, or like if they changed it up a whole bunch, I think would be exactly. really cool. I'm sure it'd be different yeah. from 91, just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit, yeah. For some reports back in 91, that's just a little, little wild. I'll never get away with some of the things now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Awesome. For our second yeah, house, yeah. Yeah, Terror. Oh, well, wait, where, is the fir- where was the first one located? Earthquake Q. Earthquake. Okay, yeah. Yep. And then we have Terror Underground, which this looks like in front of Confrontation. Yeah, Nazamans. Yep. Yeah, so this one was based off of Urban Legends, uh, where people were born and raised underground in tunnels that were just below your feet. Um, it was the home to mole people and chuds. C H U D S. Is yep. that is that a horror nights thing? I'm not. I'm not. Gary, I'll tell you all about Chuds. <laughs> oh, Chud is such a cool '80s movie. Um, <laughs> Pure cheese. <laughs> it, it's a it's oh. a full on low budget production. It's um it's on Amazon Prime. If you've got that, Luke, it's uh, it's definitely worth a watch. But the the oh, score, okay. the the music in the movie is awesome. It's like a a real '80s synth, like a Day of the Dead style score. It's oh, awesome. Sweet. All right. Well, a lot of those, a lot of chuds. <laughs> um, <laughs> that does sound fun, though. But um, the maze was also, it was very dark, and a lot of the decor was boarded up, and a lot of the scare actors were just bloodied and beaten. Um, there was a toxic waste room, which also featured scare actors on skates and harnesses towards the end of the house. So I don't know what you guys think about that, but that sounds fun. With the har- like, Do they fly at you? Kind of almost what Hollow Scream does. On the bungees, skates and harness. I mean, that's what it sounds like to me. I think that'd be awesome. I love yeah. anything that's like such a different scare. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, and again, yeah, and again for this one, it was so dark. I mean, obviously these mazes are so dark and just think back in back in 95, those cameras, they are just not picking up dark, you know, that well. Yeah. Which is just a little yeah. bit frustrating. And I feel yeah. back in the day, there would have to be a lot more creative with scares, but they could also get away with a lot more scaring-wise. Mm-hmm. Um. Where, where now I think there's like a, a list of longer than what you can't do than what you can do, to be honest. No, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but well, with, the, cool with that one cool... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, Luke. Oh, I was just going to say with that cool scare, they also had um, <clears throat> uh, a woman apparently branding herself with a branding iron. I would doubt that was real. And then also vibrating floors. <laughs> <You> think? <laughs> Come on. I would Luke, hope that wasn't real. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, and then the vibrating floors, I think like we've had that too recently. 
Oh yeah, yeah. we did. And the icons. The last one, yeah. So what do you guys think of this one? Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah, and it's um we talked about this last week on the speculation map, the um underground creatures maze that's listed on this year's spec map. Yeah. Um I don't know. I don't think it's it might be um sequel, prequel. It could have absolutely nothing to do with this whatsoever either, but um in my mind, underground creatures is kind of you know, pointing towards this type of yeah. um maze, if you will. I agree. Yeah. I'm in with this too. Um I was thinking the same thing because maybe this, you know, ties into, you know, that's on the spec map. We don't even know if that's, you know, official yet, obviously. Yeah. Um, but if it is, I'm, this could be some kind of tie-in from it. Possibly, maybe. I am all for the chud. The chud. <laughs> for the chud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get a t-shirt made, do it for the chud. Do it for the chud. Get, get six of them for the uh, masking the horror tour. Unmasking. Do it for the chud. <laughs> You can do like the family, oh, Chud boy. One, Chud Two. Chud <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. And then they get the one that says that m- mother of all chuds. <laughs> yes. Ah yes. <laughs> That's Gary's shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm down for that. <laughs> all right. Wow. And then for the last house, we have Universal's House of Horror. Oh my gosh, I just had this. Where was this at? Uh, this is the two the two mayors one Tim was talking about. Oh, okay. Tim just um, went back in time and did them both. Oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> um Oh, so we have so, two houses that have two paths. Yeah. Because Apparently, the yeah. Cryptkeeper one had two paths too. Because that was yes. more of like a just like a secret so, path, but not a different so house. Technically, this could be considered five houses. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So th- for this one here, I believe, I believe you had to go back out of the line and then line up for the other one. Ooh. Whereas the Dungeon of Terror, I believe you split off, but you ended up back in the same line as everybody else. But you would, ha- you would have had to go back to the beginning, obviously, to go the other path, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, we're back in line. Um, but this one seems... Like a ton of fun. Um, there was a lot of reports that the classic monsters were on both paths, whichever one you choose. You would see the classic monsters. Um, there's also been reports that Chucky and Norman Bates also appeared, um, which I'm assuming was on one side compared to the other because it from the, the from the sound of it, it sounded like they had more modern icons on one side and then more of the classics on another side that you can either pick one or the other like frankenstein monster dracula phantom of the opera hunchback wolfman and then the mummy and dr jekyll and mr hyde all were featured in this house this mega house yeah this this sounds a lot of fun as well especially if because one is devoted to the original classic monsters going back to their own catalog like why not use them if they own them and then the other one is just more modern horror icons i think this is split up really really well um and on how they did it so yeah if i could pick one of these i'm going back to that one i think i'm with you on this one i was just gonna say i'd pick this house too just because i think it'd be so much fun and it's two houses in one yeah definitely be picking this one i agree yes i think it would have been probably a toss-up between this and dungeon of terror but just just the fact that um it's two for one and both sides just are divorced to kind of separate Years, if you will. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, that's what, what I was about thinking. You, like, Luke? Where, are you, where are you going, Luke, out of the three? 
Yeah, I was thinking either Dungeon of Terror or um, this House of Horror, but I think I'm with you guys because more bang for your buck. And I feel like it's more of a unique house that they've had before. I'm cool. So there, yeah, that is that is pretty much it. That is Halloween Horror Nights five. Um, a little bit less to go over than Halloween Horror Nights four, just because there was one extra maze, a little bit more information about Bill and Ted, etc. So, but we do have some miscellaneous things as well, which is newspaper pieces, um, you know, things like that. So we'll go over a couple of things here, and then just kind of talk about those as well so the orlando sentinel uh featured a piece on october the 13th of 1995 so october the 13th which was the same day the event started i believe yeah um and the event started on october the 13th anybody know what day it was october the 13th in 95 what day it was of the week friday Friday. Friday the 13th yes so oh, i don't know this for sure uh, has it ever started on a Friday the 13th since? And I, I definitely don't know that top of my head. My guess would be no, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. But yeah, like, pretty- each event gets longer and longer as we go on. So, yeah. So, I mean, but I mean, it could be like September the 13th. Uh, you know what I mean? Like of oh, I mean, a certain true. year. That's true. You're right. But um, yeah, so very, very, very rare. It falls pretty cool. Falls on a Friday the 13th as well. But anyway, they ran the same day. It featured a piece on. Uh, the excursions the screen team took, uh, which is Julie Zimmerman and crew. So what they did, they gained firsthand experiences uh, of the event. So they traveled the country, the whole country looking for ideas. And one of their most notable trips was to New Orleans, uh, a city that is steeped in superstition and ghost stories. One account from Julie Zimmerman said it was 2 a.m., and I thought I would look under all the nooks and crannies, she said, of a midnight visit to a cemetery. I saw something move. I was scared to death. One other major coup was to dig through the archives at Universal Studios Hollywood, the home of the original studios. Jerry Abercrombie said the screen team brought back two tractor trailers full of stuff from the Hollywood studios. A commitment to researching firsthand was all an attempt to make it as believable as possible for the audience. Zimmerman also stated that Salem and witchcraft were off limits as well. Also anything satanic. Abercrombie reiterated saying that we're not here to take it to the point of traumatizing people. Our main goal is to entertain. So what other, I mean, we don't know because we don't dig that little deep, but I can't imagine any other uh, big haunts doing what they're doing right now. It's only year number five. And they're mm-hmm. traveling across the country, going to different places, gathering stories, bringing oh, yeah. props with them. There's, I don't think there's nobody else doing that at that time, right? Oh, probably. I doubt it. Even like now, that's just crazy. That's not crazy in a good way, you know. What I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, and, and Julie said they took everything obviously very, very serious back then. And I'm just wondering the fact that they went to New Orleans and they have the kind of gothic architecture i'm wondering if that played a big part in the dungeon of terror part of Ooh, it, what yeah. do you think oh 100 i'm sure with all because mo- most of those are like a lot of victorian style homes i feel like they brought that back yep and then the screen team as well also featured in a making of halloween horror nights 1995 which is a mini movie and it was actually featured on the sci-fi channel at the time and it featured a compilation of best bits from the event and a behind-the-scenes look 
and how the event is brought to life. Uh, so director of events, Michael Tyne, creative manager, Julie Zinnerman, and art manager, Jerry Abbey-Comprey, all featured. And they dig a little bit deeper uh, on how the world's greatest Halloween party transforms from an idea uh, into creation. Um, so I that's pretty good. That was on the sci-fi channel. Yeah, go ahead. I have a question. Do we know if this is, like, can we find this on YouTube? Has anybody <laughs> Can, I think see. it might be the video Gary sent about an hour ago. Oh, is yep. it? Yep. Oh, so what sick. I'm, awesome. So what, what I'll do in now, I'll just insert it because uh, I did watch the video and the audio is quite beneficial because um, you get to listen to the likes of Julie Zimmerman and, and company explaining stuff. So um, we'll leave a link to the video so you can watch the visuals as well. But uh, enjoy this little clip from the actual video. Everybody. Welcome to the world's biggest Halloween party. This is Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios Florida. By day, this is the home of King Kong and the Back to the Future ride, and so much more. By night, it's a park transformed. During Halloween Horror Nights, Universal Studios Florida is ghoulishly different, so be very careful. Lest you stray into the many sinister traps designed to lure you into danger, your favorite horror film icons beckon you tantalizing your curiosity until you think, maybe I'll be safe entering these chambers of fright. Among the monsters, the mayhem, and the living dead. <laughs> the horror here is state of the art. Hollywood caliber special effects, mind-blowing pyrotechnics, laser-projected nightmares, gallons of blood, slime, and decay, and even the simulated smell of burnt flesh. We virtually take this park and turn it into a Halloween experience. It's not one or two attractions within the park. It's the entire park itself. Oh my God, it was the scariest thing I've ever experienced so in my life. Anything that really you have never confronted in yourself from a fear factor, we'll do here. We give you a pause to let your guard down and then we hit you with the absolute last effect that sends you running out into the streets going, let's get in line for the next one. The creators of this hideous spectacle have spent months, even years, researching some of the world's biggest thrills and chills. For instance, some of the attractions have been inspired by the cemeteries of New Orleans with its rich voodoo lore. Not to mention Stage 28 in Hollywood, where Phantom of the Opera was filmed, and where the ghost of Lon Chaney has been known to visit. We start quite early. Uh, again, work from storylines, storyboards into the actual architectural drawings for the haunted houses and uh, then turn those plans into technical documents that affect the air gags and the propane and wind effects and lightning effects and the storms and then actually work to produce the three-dimensional sets that put you in the action. Terrifying, but of course. After all, this is Universal Studios. They've been scaring people since your grandparents were trick-or-treaters. Those classic creatures can still inspire modern-day nightmares. And so can the monsters they've cooked up, especially for Halloween Horror Nights. We have headless men. We have women that we call Renaissance witches that are part animal and part women. And we have about 70 other zombies and assorted creatures of the deep and dark. We use every element that nature provides us to actually affect a gag that will take people by surprise. There are bodies flying everywhere. 
So we decided to put together the mother of all effect shows. The mother of all effect shows? Surely he exaggerates. Then again, maybe not. You can shiver through the dungeon of terror, gape into the depths of terror underground, or fall victim to Beetlejuice himself. Horror films come alive in this house of horror. And then, just when you thought it was safe to come out of the water, you'll come face to face with your greatest fears, projected 45 feet high. That was fun, that was fun. Unbelievable, or is it? What makes it so unnervingly realistic is the fact that we know it's an illusion, but you never know what's gonna come at you from behind the scenes. I can go in rooms and have gone in rooms over and over again, expecting the gag, but yet when it still hits, I still tense up. Like we promised, the treat is in the tricks, and we'll let you in on some of the more terrifying tricks and show you how they're done. Stay tuned for more of the world's biggest Halloween party. Right here on the Sci-Fi Channel. Look out! Yeah, so that was that was the audio from uh, Gilbert Zinnemann and Jerry Abercrombie, uh, Michael Tan, just discussing how they take it from um, inception to creation. And like Gary said as well, we we will link that as well if you want to have a look at the visuals with it as well now also as well the ledger also printed something towards the end of october is the 27th and um it said uh it, it was huge hugely hugely positive this year just because they had this time uh, an intellectual property that kind of tied the whole event together uh this is the first time they've really had um trying to think of another word other than icon let's just say just i'll just call it an ip so it's an ip that is used for marketing. Like I said, the brochure, merchandise, has a, a lagoon show, has a maze, you know? So it, it got such, such positive reviews this year because it kind of, it came full circle. It almost pieced the event together for the very first time instead of having just a mix and match of just wild fun Halloween. But it said, instead of spreading out their considerable resources in more houses of horror, the folks who put the bite in Universal seasonal Halloween homage, I've loaded each one with enough scares, screams, and surprises to last enough until next year. Uh, preparation for this event was starting to become a year-round job. So we kind of talked about, I think it was like two history episodes ago, just thinking, I wonder when they actually start this event or start planning, start like the structuring, if you will, building. And I think one of them said it was like three or four months prior. Now this is becoming a year round thing, um, you know, completed the whole year round. So um, it just shows how far this has event come from Fright Nights, you know, Universal thinking, listen, we're on the verge of pretty much bankruptcy here. What can we do here to save ourselves? Well, we have a big, big catalog of Halloween. Let's do something for Halloween. And it's just, you know, it's just snowballed and snowballed until we're at the event now where uh, IPs are probably clambering. IPs are probably contacting Universal now to probably come to the event. So it's just crazy to see now it's a whole year event. And finally, uh, the Fort Pierce Tribune. This was the middle of, um, sorry, the start of the event, October 13th, 1995. It ran an overview which ended more than 500 scare actors will star um, using 1,200 prosthetic pieces, protruding foreheads, extended chins, gaping wounds disfiguring scars, gangrene-infected limbs, and don't forget, it all starts tonight on Friday the 13th. 
The event was now starting to reach a much wider audience with the added commitment to advertise the event and the addition of a bona fide, well-known icon. So that's the last thing in terms of the um, um, advertising, if you will, newspaper pieces. Um, But yeah, it gets nothing but good reviews here. But the last little thing, the bona fide, well-known icon, nice little segue into the last little question I have for you guys. Um, (laughs) Now, uh, it splits the fandom. Like I said, I'm going to bring this over to Tim in just a second. So the Crypt Keeper. Okay. He is on the commercial, the brochure, merchandise. He has a Lagoon show. He also has a maze as well. He is on, you know, marketing as well for it. Is the Crypt Keeper an icon? Yes or no? Let's start with Tim. Oh, you want to start with me? All right, cool. <laughs> I do not believe that Crypt Keeper is an icon. Here is my reason. So the icons, as we all know them, right, are all original characters for the most part based off of Universal, correct? Uh huh. I think the only one is what Bloody Mary might be a little questionable one, correct? Yeah. Yeah, and maybe like the Carnival of Carnage. It had um. Yeah. Had Leatherface, Jason, Jason, um, Freddy. Yeah. But I get why the paper called them an icon, but was. Has Universal ever called Crypt Keeper an icon? It's a great point. I'm not. Um, uh, I, Universal themselves, probably not. Correct. Um, more, it's more that's, media, that, probably, yep. Right, that's my guess. Whereas Universal has called Jack, Chance, Director, all the others, icons, correct? They've stated oh, yeah. that. Yep. So, but my reasoning for this is, and, and I know you guys just mentioned, you know, uh, Jason and Freddie, but. Technically, were they really icons too? I don't think so. So my, 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 my statement here is he is not an icon because he is an IP, whereas the icons are all original based. I want to drop the mic right here. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gary, I want to hear from you. Um, I want to say he's more of a mascot than an icon it's a double-sided coin though because if you look at the you know the original fright nights you had you know um the universal monsters and beetlejuice was used so could you say that they were the first icons but you know beetlejuice is an ip universal monsters technically were ips before the event because they were made for movies and you know, so I'm just going to drop the mic and run because I haven't really got an answer. Nice. <laughs> I, I just want to I want to add one more thing. Would you actually maybe consider them more like an MC of the event? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like 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 what 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 I mean by like mascot is he's he's, yeah. he's used to help promote the event, but you know, right? He's not like in the law of Halloween Horror Nights. Just like if you wanted to class the Universal Monsters. As like the as original mascots original, from the yeah. from the start, yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> yeah, class sure. them as icons. I would class them as event mascots because they're used to advertise the event, but they're not exactly in the icon law that Universal has, you know, now built around the icons. 
I yeah, feel I feel that. a poll I feel a poll coming out on our Twitter after this episode goes out. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a that's a good who, one. Let's do that. Who yeah. agrees that the Crypt Keeper <laughs> is or is not an icon? So okay, sorry. Luke, don't don't make this three Ooh. to one, Luke. What are you thinking? I think I'm making it three to one. Because <laughs> I'm on their side. I, I don't know. I like Gary was saying, I, I my word was more of a front man is what I was thinking. Cause he I think he's more of an icon for his show. Tales of from the crypt. He's an icon for that, but he's kind of a I don't know. Maybe he's just sponsoring or night. You know, that's the, yeah. the feel I get. He's not. I like that. Like they were sponsoring. saying, he's not. Yeah, he's not in the lore. He's not really a part of horror nights. He was just kind of I don't know, but the front man for the their fifth year. You know, I'm going yeah. with no. Yeah. Drop my mic and run away like Gary. <laughs> okay okay i mean you've, you've 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 sort of convinced me i think when gary said as well so oh. are, we, are we gonna oh. are, we, are we gonna so are we gonna class like the universal monsters as icons are we gonna class beetlejuice because the yeah. beetlejuice has had pretty much his own show every single year right so yeah are we gonna class those guys as icons definitely not um even when it was the titans of terror we had you know the Freddie Jason, um, Leatherface. It was kind of Jack who was pulling the strings there, so we can't really class those as well. It's kind of like an anomaly, right? Everything is original, but apart from this one Crypt Keeper, do we encompass that as well? I don't know. I always thought he was an icon just because of what he has, what he what he specifically had for the event this year, whether it's you know, all the merchandise, advertising, commercial. Uh, he has his own maze. He has his own show. But I, I get it, you know, as an intellectual property, but we'll, uh, I can, I can get on board. I can, I can list him as a, as a, uh, MC or, a you know, unofficial a face of the, a face of it. Yeah. yeah an unofficial a one, a face of the event, if you will. Uh, but okay. But you, you originally were coming into this saying that he was an icon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just because of, you know, like, like, like chance, for example, had her own maze, had her own scare zone. Yeah. You know, she she had marketing, advertisement, merchandise, the commercial, everything Chance had, the Crypt Keeper had, just exactly the same. Now, Chance is an icon, but, so I'm thinking the Crypt Keeper must be an icon then. He had the exact same, you know, usage. I'm just using Chance as an example. Okay, I can, um, no, I can yeah, understand yeah. that that thinking, so. I think wrong, though. I'm is- wrong, though, right? understand <laughs> but you're wrong <laughs> no listen everybody's gonna have an opinion to this for sure so we we definitely are gonna put a poll out to see uh i wanted yes. i'm very curious to see what everybody else thinks oh yeah yeah but i mean that's it that's halloween horror nights five um these like i did say these history pieces will probably get longer and longer until we get to like the teens and then we'll probably have to do two parts of these because they're gonna get so long oh yeah um I do apologize for you listening. It's a lot of me talking, a lot of these guys responding, but that's how it is. We talk about, you know, what happened then. Um, and then there, but anything, anybody else to add anything specifically about this year? Mm. No, just, it was an awesome, so. awesome. Yeah. By the yeah. looks of it. Yeah. I think, I think this year, especially they've kind of branched out now. They've got the, the, that branded IP, you know, they've, they've obviously put some money into this cause HBO at the time, that was huge. It's a cable. It's a cable show, so they've obviously pumped some money into this to oh, yeah. use him, you know, there. So they they know they know they've got something now. Um, now we're going to get into we're, we're going to get into it. Now we're going to get some like little mascots, if you will, not really icons, but little mascots with um, kind of like a tagline for the events until we start really getting into those original icon years as well. So it's going to be 
going to be a lot of fun. It's just nice to get one of these history episodes in just before we start getting into announcement season and another spec map. So it's all good. All's good in the world right now. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So on that note, we'll wrap the show up. And Tim, where can people find us? You can find us at RAP Tour Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and we have a Discord channel. There you go. Yep. And we also have some awesome merch out. We've just dropped some new caps. I think you got a couple of those, didn't you, Tim? Did. I got two of them. I got a red one uh, with the white logo and then a black one with the, the neon logo. And they both, I love both hats. I've seen a a, a couple of people tweet us that they've bought them as well. So uh, thank you, everyone who supports us. We've been getting getting quite a few uh, orders recently for for T-shirts and other RIP merch. So it's awesome. We can't wait to see you in the theme park at Universal at Halloween Horror Nights wearing them. And uh, I'm definitely going to grab a cap before the event, before before my trip. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. We, uh, We really hope you enjoyed this episode. We love doing the history guns. Thanks to Ash for, for putting this all together and to Tim for uh, recording those lines for us and for me and Luke just for being here. <laughs> yeah. <Woo-hoo. laughs> so thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you in the next one. Bye. 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 Bye.